Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. WPHT, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, some breaking news right before the show. This is why I love being in afternoons with you. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia is not running for re-election. But his speech announcing why he's not running for re-election sounds awfully like a campaign kickoff speech. And now i got to wonder, is Manchin running for president as a Democrat? Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It is Thursday. What a week, right? This week seems like it is taking forever and yet at the same time flying by. How that's possible, I don't know. Um, I'll get into Mansion with you, but I got to give my buddy Johnny Cook on Twitter some major props. You know, I I really do always read the uh, Zioli Army Twitter thread, uh, Amy was on the show yesterday. She called in Amy from Williamstown, made the great pole dancer joke. But Johnny is the guy who I always feel like keeps me on on uh, on track. He sent this tweet to me yesterday, or not yesterday, about yesterday. A man is in jail because he tampered, in quotes, with the election by his online joke. What's going to happen to the people behind Giuseppe Costanzo? Great question. So let's talk about Giuseppe Costanzo. And we, we can talk about last night's debate if you want. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have two big observations. All right. Two observations. Number one, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy just sounds too good to be true. He really does. He sounds almost like artificial intelligence. He sounds too good to be true. I, I something I don't know. My, my Zioli spidey sense is up on him. I'm not I'm not saying that I don't trust his intentions or that I don't trust him, but there's something that just is not sitting well with me. I can't explain it. I think he'd be a great chairman of the Republican National Committee, though. I really do. I said this yesterday. I I, I really think so. And if he's there to kind of be Trump's assassin during these debates, I'm, I'm OK with that. If he's sincere about everything he says, I'm I'm, I'm OK with that. If he takes out Nikki Haley, then fine. Uh, He's not running against Trump, though, and that's very obvious. He's not running against the former president. He's there to do a job. 
And that's why I think that Vivek would be a great chairman of the RNC because he gets the technology, he gets TikTok, he gets the problem that Republicans have, which is we're not embracing mail-in voting, we're not embracing absentee voting, we're not embracing drop boxes, early voting, we're not embracing these things, we're not embracing TikTok, we're not reaching young people. Why we're just writing young people off and just saying they would never vote Republican. I, you know, I just, I, I don't agree with that. I've met far too many construction guys in their 20s, guys on the roof, guys doing the HVAC, who are all Trump people, that I think we're, the Republicans make a mistake by assuming that everybody who's under the age of 35 is just voting Democrat. I, I think it's a huge mistake. There are guys who decided against going to college and went to work for a living. And now they're 25 and they've got kids and they got a wife and they got their first house and they are as frustrated as you and I are and they're not voting Democrat. But they may be using different methods of communication than you and I are. They may be on TikTok and we're just writing them off because we've decided that TikTok is a proxy of China, which it is. And so for that reason, much like voting on Election Day, we've said there's only one 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 pathway here and we're going to stick to it out of principle. But then we lose and we get absolutely devastated as a country. Our liberty gets devastated. and I don't think it's worth it. In other words, if you are still today walking around saying, I don't care, we got to end mail and mail and balloting, we got to end drop boxes, we got to just vote in person. You're not, it's not going to happen. So all you're doing is you're just resisting this massive tidal weight of change. And the same thing if you're saying, I don't want us being on TikTok. I don't want us being on Instagram. I don't want to do these things. I want mail pieces in the mailbox. I want TV ads. I want radio ads. But young people, younger people, that generation, mid-20s, they're not, they don't even have cable subscriptions anymore. Everything is streaming for them. They don't have, uh, they don't even look at their mail. You know, a lot of people don't even have mailboxes anymore. They get virtual mail. They have a thing where you can have all your mail scanned and read it electronically. If you need the physical copy of that, then you can go get it. But otherwise, it's all digital and everything like that. So, and when they get um, physical mail and there's a mail piece in there, they just chuck it in the trash, you know? They don't even look at it. They don't read it. I'm in politics and I don't read it. I really don't. These mail pieces come to my house. I just chuck them aside. Like I like I do catalogs and things like that. I, I just don't have the time. I don't I, I don't have the the resources available to me to be able to spend time digesting these things. So I guess the question is if we know that there are twenty five year old guys and gals who are working for a living and they're frustrated with this economy and this president and they love Trump and yet we're not reaching them for various reasons, why are we not embracing that? Is point number one. Point number two is that Vivek Ramaswamy is never going to be president. He's not going to be president. He's not running against Trump. So he's doing his job, which is to expose the other candidates, and then he's going to do something else. What would be the best use of his time? And if he's sincere, which I hope he is, then RNC chair. That's it. Get rid of Ronna McDaniel and Frank Luntz and all the other lunatics. I think his point last night at the debate where he said, why do we have these NBC moderators here? When they would never, the Democrats would never have Greg Gutfeld moderate a Democrat debate. Why do we have Lester Holt here? Why do we have Kristen Welker? Why do we have these NBC people? 
It's an excellent, excellent point. We, the Democrats would never do that stuff. There's no way in hell they would have me or Tucker or Joe Rogan or anybody else moderate one of their debates. They would never do it. They wouldn't even come on the show, let alone have one of us moderate one of their debates. Yet the Republicans think, oh, by having mainstream people there, we will win over hearts and minds. No, you're not. You're not winning over hearts and minds. What you're doing is you're ticking off the base. The problem we have right now. So yesterday's show was all about, I want to hear from you. Tell me what you think. And 99% of the calls yesterday confirmed my belief, which is that we are not embracing early voting. Republican turnout is abysmal and there's a problem there. The second point of that, though, is that the Republican Party does not inspire because the Republican Party plays defense, not offense all the time. Now, that's changing in the House. It really is. Under Speaker Mike Johnson and Jim Comer and Jim Jordan, some other guys, they're doing a great job of actually fighting on offense. I love it. It's a beautiful thing to see. I love it. I really do. Going after Biden, going after the weaponization of government, it's a great thing. But for the most part, the Republican National Committee, led by Ronna McDaniel, is still playing in this mindset of, let's see if you and I can win over the hearts and minds of middle America by showing we are mainstream. But the mainstream media hates us. Corporate media, which is the better way to put it, they hate us. They'll never like us. They're never going to spin it in a positive direction, no matter what we do. Why are we wasting our time? with that. And that was what Vivek started with last night. And I thought his opening shot was great in that point. Trump's going to be the nominee. There's nothing's going to change that. Nikki Haley, in my opinion, would be a disaster for the Republican Party. I, I know that there's a temptation, particularly among country club Republican males, to think that Nikki Haley is the answer to all of our problems. That yesterday's re-election was a rejection of the Republican stance on abortion, and we need Nikki Haley to connect to suburban women. Well, I talked to one of those suburban women today. I talked to a center-left mom in Connecticut who has a lot of money. Her husband's a big hedge fund guy. She's got a lot of money. And she was disgusted by Nikki Haley's behavior last night at the debate, calling Vivek Ramaswamy scum. Women are very tough on other women. If you haven't noticed, they're very tough on them. And I think that just nominating somebody because of their genitalia is a huge, huge mistake. I think Nikki Haley would drag us into World War III. And I think Nikki Haley would be a disaster electorally because if you think suburban women are going to vote for her because she's a woman, you're crazy. You're not paying attention. That's not how it works. If that was the case... The entire legislature would be filled with women. There were, there were Republican women that lost yesterday. Carolyn Carluccio is a woman. She lost to a white dude, a bald white dude for Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So we as Republicans and conservatives have to get over this idea that whatever your private parts are is how people vote. They don't. Particularly women, they don't vote. They don't care. They, they, again, stop putting people into boxes. Stop putting people into these monolithic categories where it's like women vote like this and blacks vote like this and Latinos vote like this. You do that, you lose. You sound like a lefty and you lose. It's just the bottom line. A woman, an individual woman, because not all women are the same, a woman will make her choices based on a variety of factors. Probably the bottom of the list, if she is a conservative-minded person, is 
the genitalia of the candidate. That, that's the truth. That's the reality right there. But this idea that, oh, if we nominate a Latino, we'll get the Latino vote. We nominate, we, we, we nominate somebody who's black, we'll get the black vote. No, that's not how it works. People don't care. They really don't. Individuals don't care. Groups care because we poll groups. And then polling data shows us that, well, among Latino voters, they say this. But individual Latinos think very differently than the Latino voting polling sample of a thousand likely Latino voters who say one thing in a poll. Conservatives should embrace the individual, the individual, not the group, not the monolithic group, and should stand up and say, we view a person as a person, not as a member of a group based on their DNA, their ancestry, whatever. We view them as an individual who has distinct needs and priorities. And based on those needs and priorities, we are going to campaign directly to them. If you notice on the show, I rarely use words like you all or uh, folks. I don't say folks, for example. I don't say these words for a reason. You're listening right now as an individual, one person. You're listening to me in your car. You're listening to me in the Odyssey app and probably having to reset it. You're listening to me in those methods because you are by yourself at the moment, or even if you are with other people listening. Like back in the day, they'd have these um, rush rooms where people would go to listen to Rush Limbaugh's show in, in cafeterias and places like that, and they would all get around the radio and they'd listen. But you're still listening as one person. You're an individual. And you're absorbing information as an individual. And yet we keep making the mistake of thinking that we're talking to groups of people at a time. I'm not talking to hundreds of thousands of conservatives. I'm talking to you right now. You. I'm talking to you directly. Me and you. One-on-one. We're having a conversation. One-on-one. That's why talk radio is so intimate. It's why talk radio works. It's why talk radio is not going anywhere despite the fact that radio is having a problem. I think a big part of the problem is because if you ever listen to FM radio, DJs, music stations, for example... They constantly act like they're broadcasting to the masses, whereas in talk radio, if you're good at this, you talk one-on-one to somebody. Whether you are right now in your car or you're on the app or you're at home or whatever, or you're listening on podcast later, like Nicolette is, you are listening as an individual with your own agenda and ideas and thoughts and beliefs and needs. And at one point, we believed in targeting that way. Based on individuals, nowadays, what we're told by professional prognosticators is, look at the group. So suburban women, as if every woman in the suburbs thinks exactly the same way. How many times have you disagreed with another, if you're a woman listening to me right now, how many times have you disagreed with another woman in the suburbs about something? About what the kids on the playground or whether or not the leaf collection in town should be on Monday? How many times have you disagreed? Do you get along and agree 100% with every other woman in your suburban town? No. So why do we lump you in a group? It's like the same thing when it comes to black voters as well. We, we lump black voters into a group as if the experiences of a black person in Philadelphia are the same as a black person in, say, um, I don't know, um, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Totally different experience. So what? They have the same skin color. What does that have to do with anything? It's a completely different scenario.
But you see, the Democrat Party has made everything about race and gender and sex and gender identity and your whether or not you're cisgender to say that and annoy Michael Pelka, stunt brain. He hates when I say that, but I say it as a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Um, they hate it. They 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 love to put people in boxes. I think that if you step back for a minute, the reason why Donald Trump was so successful is that Donald Trump was able to say the word you. Y-O-U, you. One of my favorite lines that Trump ever said, and I don't know who came up with this line. It's very possible it was me. But the line is, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. It's a great line. It's a great line. And whoever the political genius was that came up with it, I'm not saying it was me. I don't have any record of that. I also signed a non-disclosure agreement. So if it was mine, I, I can't say it was. But it's a great point. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. Not all of you. Not everyone. Not, not you folks. Just you. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. The problem that I have right now is that there are so many Republicans who are coming out and saying, Nikki Haley can save us because she has a vagina. What does that have to do with anything? If Nikki Haley runs for president, if she actually becomes a Republican nominee, Democrats are going to go after her and say that she is a self-hating woman and she will take away abortion rights, just like every other Republican will, and nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter who you back for president in terms of abortion. You could back a pro-choice candidate, pro-abortion candidate. You could back that person. The Democrats are still going to run campaigns and say that that person is going to take away abortion rights. I use air quotes for rights, of course, because there is no abortion right in the Constitution. But nevertheless, they're going to say that regardless. And they're going to say that that person is going to surround themselves with people who will. So stop trying to cater to that by lowering your standards in terms of what you expect from a candidate. Meaning that if there's a better candidate who is pro-life, don't discount that candidate based on this Fugazi notion that you can win over Democrat voters. You're not going to. The people that turn out to vote yesterday, the diehards on this issue, they're not going away. They're going to be back in 2024 in, in big numbers, big gusto numbers. How do we overcome that, Bill? And if you think the answer is, well, you run a woman because she's a woman, suburban women are tougher on women than anybody else. So they're going to be looking at Nikki Haley's record very, very closely. And it doesn't automatically mean they're going to vote for her because she has the same private parts. So that'd be a mistake. And they may be reluctant to vote for her because they might turn around and say, you know, uh, she sounds kind of like a warmonger to me. I think that I'd rather protect my son from having to be in the military and fight a war overseas. I guess the bottom line is that when you step back from the abyss of the constant doom and gloom of politics, you keep realizing a couple different things. Number one, Donald Trump will win if he's the nominee in 2024, if Republicans turn out to vote, and if we can stop the Democrats from cheating and stealing the election. He'll win. Because Joe Biden is a terrible candidate. He's a disaster. He is one of the worst candidates I've ever seen in my life. And he probably is not going to wind up being the Democrat nominee. But the people that run the Republican Party, the Ronna McDaniels of the world and the Frank Luntzes of the world, they still think that if we can get NBC News on our side, we can win. 
You can't. Because voters who watch NBC Nightly News lean left, bottom line. Voters that watch ABC News with David Muir, they lean left. Same with CNN, same with MSNBC. And younger people who are working blue-collar construction jobs, who are working as cops. You think a 25-year-old cop wants to vote Democrat? No. You think that that guy's going home at night or that woman is going home that night and turning on the NBC Nightly News to hear what Lester Holt has to say or Nora O'Donnell? Absolutely not. I'd be shocked if they even pay for cable at this point. But they're getting their news and they're getting their information. And a lot of times they're getting it from me. And thank you for that, because I'll never waste your time. But the point is, if we're not reaching them because we're writing them off as an entire category, that's a huge, huge mistake. And secondly, if we just assume that every single person is going to vote based on the abortion issue, well, then the left's already won. They've won. Because you could run the most pro-choice Republican candidate possible. You could have this person stand up there and say, if, if I'm president, I will sign a bill making abortion legal up until five years of age. And nothing will stop that. And then the mail pieces, the attack ads will still say, but his party will block him and his party will stop him. And he or she is speaking in codes and isn't really sincere and doesn't really mean it. And they'll find something that was said that contradicts that. And those forces are still going to be out there. So how do you beat them? Meanwhile, Vivek's point last night about having Joe Rogan or Tucker Carlson or somebody else moderate the debate to find out what conservatives and Republicans actually care about is the fact that, for example, like what Johnny Cook tweeted out, there's a guy spending 60 days in jail for putting out a joking meme on social media saying that you can text Hillary and vote. However, in New Jersey, there's a guy named Giuseppe Costanzo, who is a Fugazi candidate who literally stole the election from Chris Del Borello in the fourth legislative district, got about 890 votes, and Chris Del Borello lost by less than 60 votes. You see what I mean? So you can sit here all day long and you can you can pretend as if there's a way you can win over mainstream corporate media. You can win over these um, these people that think abortion is the number one issue. You can win over people that think Trump is mean by having a woman on the ticket or something like that. But then you're just dealing with the same years long, decades long, centuries long political problem of putting everybody into categories, boxes, groups, and you're not dealing with individuals. And that's the problem. The mistake Republicans made yesterday is not thinking about what would motivate an individual voter to come out and vote and forgetting the fact that that individual voter has a lot of things going on in his or her life. And maybe, just maybe, getting a ballot in their hands early would be a huge way to guarantee that they vote Republican as opposed to leaving it to chance and then reaching them where they need to be reached on social media or any other platform that they use for that matter. So as I watched the debate last night and all I saw on that stage was a disaster, I saw a disaster on that stage. I saw people that are not Donald Trump on that stage. He's going to be the nominee. It's going to be Trump versus blank. Trump's going to be the nominee. Nothing is going to change that short of him dying. I don't think he's going to die. But then again, life's unpredictable. You just can't predict these things. So 
Maybe he will. I don't think so, but he's a pretty healthy guy. But he eats a lot of McDonald's, so you never know. But short of that, that's not going to change. So the question then becomes, how do you ensure Republican voters turn out to vote? And then how do you stop trying to win over groups of people that will never like you in the first place? Stop trying to win over Lester Holt and his audience. Stop trying to win over the corporate media. Stop trying to win over people like that. Because if you do that, then you're going to make a huge mistake and pay the price next November. But that said, Vivek's comment last night was spot on. And I'll play that for you as soon as I get back from the break. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. A busy day going on today. What will happen to the phantom Fugazi candidate, Giuseppe Costanzo? We'll talk about it straight ahead. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So Joe Manchin is not running for re-election as a senator in West Virginia. The question is, is he going to run for president of the United States? Welcome back. 855-839-1210 is the number if you'd like to weigh in today on everything we are discussing on the show. It's a busy day. And if you are in New Jersey, just like everybody else, uh, you are dealing with your kids being home because of the NJEA Teachers Convention in Atlantic City. Next week is the League of Municipalities Convention in Atlantic City. That's the big political convention after the uh, primary season is over. Anyway, uh, we'll see how things go with regards to Jersey politics and Pennsylvania politics for 2024. But Joe Manchin deciding to drop out of the race as a senator and sounding an awful lot like he's running for president tells me that the Democrats are realizing now there's going to be a primary. Now, David Axelrod came out last week and said, not last week, Sunday, came out and said, Joe Biden's got to go. But it's too late in the game to have a primary. So what do we do? That's the code for let's pick somebody, somebody who we can get behind, somebody who we can nominate, somebody who that we can control to be president of the United States of America. That's exactly what I'm talking about. There are forces that would never allow a Joe Manchin to be the Democrat nominee, nor would they allow Bernie Sanders or RFK Jr. Joe Manchin's smart enough, though, to get ahead of that. And this is what he said from his uh, announcement where he's not running for re-election as a senator from West Virginia. Sounds a lot like a campaign speech to me. Take a listen. After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts 
that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life to serve you. Thank you. Every incentive in Washington is designed to make our politics extreme. The growing divide between Democrats and Republicans is paralyzing Congress and worsening our nation's problems. The majority of Americans are just plain worn out. Our economy is not working for many Americans from the rising cost of food and fuel and everything in between. We have a border crisis with illegal drugs entering our country and killing Americans every day. Our national debt is out of control and Americans don't feel safe, even in their own communities. We are providing critical aid to two of our allies, fighting wars for their survival, and we must prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves. These are not Republican or Democratic challenges. These are American challenges. They affect every one of us, and we need to face them together. I know our country isn't as divided as Washington wants us to believe. We share common values of family, freedom, democracy, dignity, and a belief that together we can overcome any challenge. We need to take back America and not let this divisive hatred further pull us apart. Public service has and continues to drive me every day. That is the vow that I made to my father over 40 years ago, and I intend to keep that vow until my dying day. I intend to keep that vow until my dying day. He also went into uh, wars and things like that. He, it was a very long statement. We can't play the whole thing on the show. Um, he's going to run for president. No question about it. He's preparing for the inevitability that Joe Biden is not going to be the candidate. Joe Biden's not going to be the nominee. Whether it's a last minute swap of the convention for somebody like a Michelle Obama or Joe Biden drops dead or um, whatever. Joe Manchin is ready and he's going to pretend like he is a different kind of Democrat. But remember something. When it came to the Inflation Reduction Act, which would have screwed over West Virginia and the energy sector, Joe Manchin was all in. He was all in on it. And then he turned around afterward and said, ah, I got duped. You didn't get duped. We warned you. We told you, Joe. We told you this was going to be a disaster for West Virginia. We told you this would be a disaster for natural gas and for coal and for oil. But you didn't listen. So what are you doing being a Democrat anyway? Now, if Joe Manchin turns around and decides he's running for president as a Republican, it's not going to help him anymore. It's not going to help him in any way, shape or form. But if he runs as a Democrat, he's going to find out very, very quickly there are not a lot of people like Joe Manchin left in the Democrat Party. Those young people I talked about earlier, the 25-year-old guys who are plumbers and electricians and cops and firemen and roofers, they're not voting Democrat. Stop, please. They gave up on the Democrat Party a long time ago. The Democrat Party today is, to quote James Carville, the party of coastal elites and academics. That's the Democrat Party. It is not the working man's party. It's not a coalition of blue collar workers and union workers. It's not. It's academics. It's lefties. It's a bunch of people on the elite coast. That's what it is. Joe Manchin is not one of them. So he'll flame out. But you have to remember something. 
one of the key points about people that run for president is they have massive, massive egos, obviously. You run for governor, you run for U.S. Senate, you run for president, your ego is, is massive. You, you think you can conquer the world. And that's why I laugh when people say at some point, people, Republicans are going to sit around the table and say, all right, one of us needs to be the guy who challenges Trump in the primary and everybody else has to get out as if those other egomaniacs would get out of the race. They're not going to. Somebody said that to me yesterday. Why doesn't, oh, why don't all the Republican candidates get together and just say to Nikki Haley, you're the person and we'll all drop out to back you so you can stop Trump. And I said, because, well, first of all, she's not the person. But second of all, they all think they are the person. So that's the reality. I mean, that's not going to change. Here is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy last night, his opening statement. I thought it was perfect. It was spot on. Cut number one. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, let me turn to you. Uh, Please make your case. Why would you uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because it's actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross, this is how we get our country back. Because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Why you? Yeah, I mean, he's right. Why why would the Republican National Committee think they can win people over by having Kristen Welker and Lester Holt there? Because it is the exact same old school Republican mentality that says, let's go to war in Iran Let's uh, wear, you know, khakis and blue blazers on Sundays to the country club. It's that same mindset. And Trump trampled on that mindset and he won the nomination. And people still have not figured it out. Paul Ryan would have Kristen Welker and Lester Holt moderate the Republican debate. He would. Thinking that we have to appear mainstream and that's how we win. Mainstream? What does it even mean anymore? Young people are not watching the news, and most people have figured out by now that the corporate media has got an agenda and that it's got bias. Like, I have bias. I have bias. I don't pretend, I don't come on the air for four hours a day with you, five days a week, most day, most weeks, and pretend like I'm not biased. I have a ton of bias. I'm a biased person. That's why I'm here. I'm biased towards my opinions because I know my opinions are right. And if my opinions were to guide the way, the world would be in a much better place. But I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of nonpartisan, unbiased person. That's why I joke about George Stephanopoulos being the unbiased journalist. That guy spent a 
his entire life up until ABC News being a Democrat political operative, a very good one, a very successful one. He got a president elected. He got a president uh, acquitted from impeachment. He worked for the Speaker of the House, Dick Gephardt. He was a prominent Democrat operative. But you see, unlike James Carville, because the two of them were together in that whole whole uh, Clinton era, James Carville never pretended to be anything that he wasn't. James Carville said, I'm a Democrat operative, and I, I, I say, I say, I say, I'm a Democrat operative, and, and he still is. Stephanopoulos pretends to be a journalist for ABC News as the chief political correspondent. Now, he's not biased. You don't lose your bias at his age. He's, it didn't, you might change your bias. You might go from being a Democrat to a Republican, but you don't go from being a, a Democrat operative who got a Democrat elected president to being suddenly apolitical. That, that does not happen. You may flip sides. I've, I've seen that happen, where somebody will spend the first 50 years of their life as a Democrat or, or a Republican and then flip. I've seen that. But you don't spend the first 50 years of your life invested in politics, getting a Democrat elected president, fighting those battles, and then turn around and go, you know what? I'm apolitical. Ah, I don't really care. I don't have an opinion. I got nothing. I got no guts. So I'm just going to sit here and be an unbiased journalist. The bias doesn't go away. And George Stephanopoulos didn't flip over and go on Newsmax or Fox News or become a conservative talk show host. I would have respected that if he had said I was wrong and I've, I've seen the light in my ways. Just like I would respect if a Republican conservative talk show host flipped and went Democrat. I wouldn't agree with it, but I would respect the fact that they are not pretending like they don't have bias. Just that their bias changed. The problem that I have, and this is what I think people reject in general, is that we have to put up with the charade that George Stephanopoulos is an unbiased journalist. There's nothing unbiased about the guy, and there's nothing unbiased about ABC News, and there's nothing unbiased about ABC Disney China or NBC News, which is owned by Comcast, which has MSNBC. The fact that NBC News chief anchor Lester Holt and Kristen Welker of Meet the Press, even though she's a Philly girl, were the moderators when NBC owns MSNBC, which spends 24 hours a day trashing Republicans and conservatives and that the Republican National Committee reach out to that corporation and said, we want your corporate journalist to be the moderator of our debate, tells you everything you need to know about why people are frustrated with the Republican establishment. Give me a freaking break. Why wasn't I the moderator last night? I would have been a great moderator. I could have actually asked them questions that would have mattered. I could have actually asked them questions around the issues that you you care about and talk about every day. Lester Holt doesn't take phone calls. I know I don't either most of the time, but I did yesterday. But Lester Holt doesn't take calls. Kristen Welker doesn't take calls. They have no idea what people are actually thinking and feeling and talking about. They get paid millions of dollars. I do not. They go into their cushy offices with lots of assistance and 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 they get makeup and they have things they read in a teleprompter. They have no idea what people are actually dealing with out there in the real world. I do. Why wasn't I the moderator last night? Why didn't Ronald McDaniel reach out to me and say, you know what? Pennsylvania matters. It is one of the key races. It's one of the key states we have to win. And Rich, you talk to Republican voters for four hours a day. You used to be on Trump's campaign, but you're neutral now in the sense that you, nobody's paying you a thing. And you are a talk show host in a prominent market, prominent station, Philadelphia. You know what people are dealing with day by day. Why don't you ask the questions? I would have loved that opportunity. 
And I could have asked him. I could have said things like, listen, I got, you know, I got guys in construction that I meet all the time who talk about the fact that they believe that the Republican Party does not welcome them, that the Republican Party writes them off because they're not rich. I could have brought up the fact that there are moms who I talk to at pickup and drop off who are absolutely on our side of things, but are afraid to speak out. And I would have said, what, what's your message to those moms and dads out there who Merrick Garland called a terrorist? I hear from these people directly all the time. I could have said from the perspective of as a conservative talk show host in Philadelphia since, say, Republican primary, not a general election uh, debate. I could have said, look, here's the deal. I got three kids. I don't want my kids being indoctrinated into leftism and wokeism. What are you going to do about it? Very quick question. Boom, boom, boom. What are you going to do about it? Because I know that that's what conservative voters are thinking. I appreciate Vivek bringing up the three biggest names in conservative media, Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan and whoever else he mentioned. But why not? Seriously, why not me? Why not me? I could have done it. I could have, I, I could have asked those questions and I, and I could have said to them directly in, in real quick. Hey, guys, here's the deal. I talk to parents every day. I have three kids. I don't want Patrick, Claire, and Reagan being told that they could actually change their gender in school. And my state is pushing that curriculum. You have a federal department of education. A, will you shut it down? B, if you will not shut it down, will you use the powers of the federal department of education to push for school choice so that I can get my kids out of those schools? Very succinct question. Something that's on the mind of Listeners throughout my entire massive audience. And don't forget the reach of the Zioli Army. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, 37 states, Canada, and also Somalia, Matt DeSantis. We have Somalia. We have Nigeria. We have uh, Canada. What else? We have one listener in Ethiopia. And Ethiopia. My listener... In Ethiopia, would like to know, what are you going to do about indoctrination in schools? But the Republican Party is so stupid. They don't think I'd be a good moderator, even though I have run campaigns. I've been in politics. I talk for four hours a day, five days a week, most weeks. And I could absolutely ask questions. I prep candidates for debates. I know what people are talking about. I know what you really actually care about. Because they still think, Ronald McDaniel still thinks, if I have Lester Holt or Kristen Welker there, we'll seem mainstream, and that's how we win. That's not how you win. You're not going to win that way. You think the 25-year-old guy who's up on a roof sweating his ass off every day, worried about his job and his future and, his, and, 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 and the border, cares what Lester Holt thinks? You think that guy even knows who Lester Holt is? You think that the 25-year-old woman, the mom who's got the kids and is also dealing with her online business. You think she cares about Kristen Welker, what Kristen Welker thinks? She hates Kristen Welker. And doesn't, Kristen Welker cannot walk up, up five feet in her shoes, let alone a mile in her shoes. So spare me. Give me a break and stop trying to think you can win these people over. You cannot. There are issues that conservatives, Republicans, libertarians are actually thinking about that were not asked. None of those questions were actually even asked last night. They were not even asked, really. The Republicans had to bring those questions up. Because everything that the moderators asked was the pure mainstream BS that you hear all the time. The mainstream BS. And that's not what's on people's minds. I had a guy come to my house recently. You know, we moved into a new house and we're talking about some things, some improvements that need to be made. And the comment that he makes was, 
you know, I'm really worried about the border situation because it's so wide open right now. And now they're giving jobs to the people that come over here illegally. And I don't know. Am I, I mean, am I still going to have a job in a few years or is my job going to be gone because they can pay somebody illegally a lot cheaper? That's what that guy's thinking. That's what that guy's worried about. You think Lester Holt can relate to that? You think Lester Holt can empathize with that? You think Lester Holt talks to the guys who are actually working on his roof? Please. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. But Ronna McDaniel and the Republican establishment still think that by trying to play mainstream, that's how they win. It's not how you win. It's how you get crushed. Listen, Dr. Mike Venary is having a great veterans breakfast this coming Saturday morning to say thank you to our veterans at his Cinnamonson office on Riverton Road in South Jersey. And he'd love to see you there. It's a chance to salute our veterans, to say thank you, and uh, free breakfast as well, including breakfast pizza. If you've never had a breakfast pizza before, it'll blow your mind. It's really good. It's great. And it starts this morning, this coming Saturday morning. It's on uh, Riverton Road. It's Veterans Day. Coffee, cake, donuts, pizza. Salute our veterans. God bless America. Free shredding event. Bring all those documents you don't want to get into the wrong hands. And when it comes to your smile, there is no one that I trust more than Dr. Mike Venaria. My whole family goes there. My wife was there yesterday. She had to see Dr. Mike for a checkup. Bridget goes there. Claire, Patrick, Reagan. And of course, Mama Zioli discovered Dr. Mike Venaria. The level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient will make you want to go to the dentist. If you've been contemplating that big, invasive dental procedure and you're nervous, don't be. Reach out to Dr. Mike for a second opinion today. He has surpassed expectations. That's why for 10 years in a row, he has been named top dentist among his peers. He's a great guy. Great music in the office, great people. They care about you and you'll love the environment and you'll love the care. And pain-free root canal treatment is, is, is available too if you need it. Pain-free, baby. I hate pain. Who likes pain? Nobody likes pain. So I'll see you Saturday morning. Two locations to serve you, Cinnaminson and Woodbury, right over the bridge. But this Saturday morning for the Veterans Breakfast will be at his Cinnaminson location. Schedule your implant consultation today, free implant consultation for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. We've come pretty far, but not far enough. I'll tell you what. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in today. Big show still ahead for you. I can't believe it's Thursday already. It's amazing. This week is flying by. But election weeks have that effect on people. Here is uh, the moment last night. Well, you know, I'll do this when I get back on the other side of the break. I went a little long there. But uh, Nikki Haley calling Vivek Ramaswamy scum. I want to know what you think of that. Really. And... Um, I am not going to be one of those people that turns around and says, if you're a woman, I'd love to hear from you. I just want to know your thoughts on Nikki Haley. I really do. I I see that the Republican establishment, much to my prediction, because my predictions always come true in these matters. They really do. I don't say that to brag. I just say that because you're not wasting your time. Your time is valuable. Time is the most precious commodity, and you're not wasting it listening to me. You are absolutely getting your 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 time well spent. And I just I think, like I told you, the Republican establishment has realized Ron DeSantis is not going to be the nominee. He got into this race. Think of where he was. He was at the top of the world. Right. Ma, I'm on top of the world. Ma. And now he is down wearing 
high heels and boots. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I actually really like Ron DeSantis. I do. And I think Ron DeSantis would be a great president, but he's not going to be the nominee, period. He's not. I've told you this. I wish I could eat pizza all day long and not get fat, but I can't. If I do that, I will blow it up. It's just a reality. Ron DeSantis, as much as I admire him and like him, he's not going to beat Donald Trump, period. He's not. He's not going to be the nominee. He will not be the nominee. So the Republican establishment finally, after realizing that, after realizing and spending millions and millions and millions of dollars propping him up, literally, no pun intended, propping him up, they've decided now they got to turn their, their, their direction to somebody else. So now they've turned to Nikki Haley. Say, Nikki, save us from Trump. These people are operating on two misguided assumptions. Number one, that Trump can't win. Trump absolutely can win. If Trump's a nominee in 2024 and we can keep the Democrat cheating at bay, Trump will be the president. As long as it's Joe Biden. I can't I can't say if it's somebody else, but if it's Joe Biden, he wins. Hands down. Number two, uh, the other assumption, the misguided assumption that these people in the Republican Party establishment make, and they make this all the time, is that um, everybody hates Donald Trump who's a Republican, and they are so wrong about that fact. Don't go away. Big show still to come. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.